0: with God's Word in your hand, um, let's open this to the, the passage in which Bobby uh, read. Um, this is not where I intended to start today, but as Bobby was reading, God just was impressing upon my, my heart some, some, some new words. So, uh, Mike, I apologize. You might have to follow along I gave him a list of scripture that I, that I was planning on going over, and we'll get to some of that, but I'm sure that I know that God's got something. He's got something for us to hear today. Because when, we're, when we come together and we light these candles and we celebrate this season, this Advent season, and especially today, this is one that I'm really excited for because we're going to talk about hope. When we talk about hope that we can kind of look around our world and we can sometimes see some of us maybe even have experienced at times these times of hopelessness. and I love what a man by the name of Ravi Zacharias said he's a you know a theologian preacher. He said this, Hope is that indispensable element that makes the present, So important. Not the present, not the gift, but the present, like where we're at right now, makes the present so important. Significantly, the absence of future hope has an amazing capacity to reach into the present and eat away at the structure of life as termites would a giant foundation. So what he's saying here is without hope, you know, our lives start to deteriorate. And I love that, that text that, that, um, that Bobby just, just read here, because when we, we read this, look at verse 32. I, I, I love the promise, and this is just a, a beautiful picture of, um, I, I, can, I can picture the, the angel Gabriel speaking to, to, to Mary, and she's, she's sitting there, she's listening, eyes wide open, and he says these words. After he says, okay, you're going to bear a son. You're going to call him Jesus, which means Savior, okay? So he, she says, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Think about this. Those ladies that you have, you have given birth to a child, um, if an angel appeared to you and said, okay, here's the deal, from, from you, from inside of you, is going to be the, um, the, the, the one that's going to be called the son of the most high. Not that he's just going, going to do good deeds. He's going to be the son of the most high, and the Lord God will give him his thro- the throne of his father David. So, so not only, and I say not only as if that is like, it, it, it's, we should downplay that, like being the son of the most high, but he's saying I'm going to fulfill the, the prophecy. I'm going to fulfill the promise in which I've given you. And then he says he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And this, this next part is uh, where I, I think that we're going to kind of look at this from different angles and, and maybe we, um, God will speak to you a little bit like he, how he's been speaking to me. But he says, of his kingdom, so the kingdom of God, there will be no end. So when we're talking about hope, we're going to see in a moment that it's when we're talking about hope, it's about the source of our hope. And the source of our hope comes from the baby that was born. The source of our hope is the, the, the one who is called the, the, the most high. The source of our hope, his kingdom will never end. This candle, it says that it reminds us, uh, reminds us of that hope that was fulfilled in the first coming Of our Savior, and it's our continued hope into His, and our anticipation of Him coming again, His second coming. I like it. I read this this week. It says, "When it comes to the quality of our lives, hope makes all the difference in the world." Without hopes, without hope, our lives degenerate into something God never intended. Just, just let that let that sink in. Because when we look at our, maybe our family, our friends, or those around us, and we say, well, they're without hope. If they're without hope, that's not how God intended their life to be. So what we need to do is we need to do something about that, right? The season is all about remembering the hope in which we have. Turn over to uh, Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter fifteen. We're going to look here um, at at this this understanding of our uh, where true hope, where where the source of our true hope is. Because I'm convinced, and and many of you are as well. Maybe you're you're sitting on the fence and you don't know. But here's the deal: when we put our trust um, in Christ, when, when we surrender our lives to Him. we then understand where the source of hope comes from. And we're not the only ones that has hope. They had hope in the the time of, in the Old Testament. They had hope in the New Testament. This same hope is the same hope that we share with them. Look at at Romans chapter 15, uh, verse 8. I'm going to read 8 through 13 right here. Because I think that what happens is we talk about hope and we think that this is you know, something, okay, it's only in the present and we're looking towards the future, but what we, well, we have to remember, it's from the past because it's from the past events that we have the future hope. Here it says, for I tell you, this is Paul writing here, he says, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given unto the patriarchs. Now, hold on a second. So when he's talking, he says, okay, Christ came, and he came a servant to the circumcised. So he came, and he was a servant to the the children of Israel. That's what the the circumcised, God's chosen ones. But he doesn't stop there. He says to fulfill the promises, to confirm the promises. Verse 9, and, love those words in the Bible, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. So, from the beginning, remember we started out in the Advent season in in Genesis 3.15, saying that that it was back then the first mention of the gospel when God first said, I'm going to send one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. That was the first first indication or, or the first proclamation of God saying, I got this, I got a plan, here's my promise to you. Here it says that promise now is not, was not only for the children of Israel. Well, we understand it was for the Gentiles as well. Um, for, for those of you that are kind of thinking, what's the difference between the, 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 the Israelites and the Gentiles? You, everybody look around. We're all Gentiles in here. If it wasn't for texts like this, we would be without hope. It says, as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. He's quoting Old Testament scripture here and says, And again, it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. So, so think of this, understand that this hope that we have, we know clearly that this is rooted in Christ. Now, the hope what we talk about, when it comes to biblical hope, this is not the same type of hope where we, we think, well, I hope my favorite team's going to win uh, the, the game, or I hope, but I mean, we know that the Clemson-Ohio State game, Clemson is going to win, you know, every week you got to get that in there, right? Um, so it's not that type of hope or, or the, the Browns or whatever you, 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 that, they're, 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 right. But, but the hope in which is talked about in the Bible is a certainty because we're putting all of our trust. Okay. When people say, you don't, you shouldn't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, I would d- disagree when it comes to um, God because God put all his eggs in one basket and he actually put it all in one manger. Okay. So our hope is in Christ because he can and he will fulfill his promises given to us. So when we see here that it's in him, the root of Jesse, who is being referred to as the root of Jesse here? Jesus, there you go. Nine out of 10 times in church, the answer is Jesus. So in him, in Jesus, will the Gentiles have hope. So how about this? In Jesus, the Americans will have hope or the Canadians, or the Mexicans, or whatever nationality, because this Gentile means all nations, in Jesus, that's where the hope is found. And I love how he goes on here. He goes on to say, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope, So when we have hope, and what we understand is the God of hope, it says that he will fill us, because we have hope, with joy and with peace. Some of us think that, okay, we talk about peace in this time of year, but, man, my house ain't peaceful. You don't know my crazy family. They're not peaceful, right? Some of us are already dreading next week for the wrong reasons, right? We're dreading having to go put up with Uncle Eddie and his wackiness or whatever it may be. So we see this and we, we have this thought, well, how, is, how are we really having peace? What we need to understand is the peace, the joy and the peace in which is given to us by the God of hope, the way in which the Holy Spirit works, it's peace for our soul. Because we're putting our trust, no matter how ridiculous your family is going to get, and they will, No matter, because they they just will. I don't have to explain. You all know that, right? No matter how ridiculous they get, you can have peace during that time. How can you have peace? Because your, your, your focus, your hope is not on material things. It's not on your family. It's not on your kids. It's not on your job. It's not your career, whatever it may be. Your hope is rooted and grounded in Jesus, So when you hit those hard times in life, the way in which you're able to get through that is because our hope is on Christ. Because if our hope is not on Christ, we we, we have a tendency, or not we won't have a tendency, but we will have a tendency. It's it's a certainty that if your hope is is not on Christ, you will be disappointed. You will be let down. Anything that is not or I should say, anyone who does not put their hope in Christ, and I gave you a little bit of these, just a few, family, career, health, material things, whatever it may be, if your hope is not in Christ and it's in one of those things, you will face certain disappointment. Now, are any one of those things bad? No, they're not bad, but they cannot bear the weight of your worship. This is a worship issue, What we have to do is we have to understand the only one worthy of worship is God. He's the only one who can bear the weight of worship. When we put that weight on something else, someone else or something, whatever it may be, it will crumble under the weight of worship. Only God can bear that weight. So what we have to understand is our hope has to be on Him, because if not, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. This world is jacked up enough. Why would you want to set yourself up for failure? You know, the devil is out there already trying to trip you up. So the world, the flesh, and the devil, that's the main influence. That's the battles in which we wage. The world is out there, as we're going to see in a minute. They want to oppose us. And I'm not trying to, you know, start some uh, um, occult, you know, re- resurgence or something like that. Let's go get the man. No, no. But what it is, is darkness wants to uh, drown out the light. But the beautiful th- thing is, the Bible tells us that no matter how big the darkness, you're never going to drown out the light. What we have to understand is, is that um, our hope being rooted and grounded in Christ, that, that, that we can stand firm during, during those times of attack. Turn to uh, Romans chapter 8. Because our hope is, is for something that is beyond this world. And I said that, you know, none of those things in and of themselves that I, that I mentioned, the family, the career, the uh, uh, material things, none of those in and of themselves are bad. But if they're used improperly, they can be very detrimental, very bad. But what we have to understand is that our hope is for something that's way beyond this world. Um, you 're probably familiar with with some of these texts and uh, but it 's always good to remember look at uh, verse twenty four <clears throat> for in this hope we were saved no 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 just think same hope focus you know, on the, the the person the work of Jesus Christ for in this hope we were saved now hope that is The hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This describes the Advent season. We don't see see Jesus. We don't see him physically. Now, can we see um, the fruit of him working in individuals? Absolutely. But what we're doing is we're waiting patiently for his return. Remember, Advent is looking at the, the, the first coming, looking toward the second coming. So we're waiting patiently. Patience is not one of my virtues. I understand that. It's it, especially in our society, is like I want it now. We, we're the microwave society, we go and I'm I'm hungry, so beep, 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 and give me my food. Or we pull up to a, a hole in a building and say, give me this, or talk to a machine and then it gives us food. We want it now. But what we have to understand is patience is a virtue in which God instills in us, so we are anticipating his return. So like we talked a few weeks ago, when he returns, we're not going to shy away. We're going to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm ready to go. Like the, the Apostle John says, "You know, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly, come soon. Here it says that um, the, 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 uh, the, the patience in which we wait for it's really a product of the hope. Just, just think about that. If you say, well, I can't, I, I just, I don't have patience. I, like I have struggle. like I said, I have struggle with my, myself. If you say that, it, it, you um, need to, to kind of stop, step back and look. Okay, wait a second. I'm saying that I don't have patience, but I'm, I'm saying that I'm hoping in Jesus. So if I'm saying that I'm hoping in Jesus, I can have all the patience in the world because I know what he says is going to come true. Are we going to face things in this, in this world? Absolutely. But I can face them because I have hope, I have trust in him. He's not gonna, he, he tells us that I would never leave you nor forsake you. Some of us have been in the dark times in our lives where we're, th- we're thinking, well, where's God? It's not that God is anywhere, anywhere different. God is here, but it's how much are we letting him in to us? So, when we wait, we, it says we wait for Jesus to return why are we waiting for him to return? So we can go dwell with him. John 14 says, Jesus says, you know, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and because I'm going to prepare a place for you, you better believe that I'm going to come back and get your butt and I'm going to take you there. Little bit of translation, uh, liberties in there. Just saying. But it says that he that we will go with him. And then where we're going to go, there's going to be what? No, no sadness, no pain no sorrow, no weakness, no sin. We're going to be with him forever and it's going to be a time that we can, even our most joyous occasions or our events that we encounter today or in our present body, we can't even imagine how much more it's going to be in his presence. That's why when I say that our... Um, our hope is something beyond this world, we have to believe that. Because if you don't believe that your hope is something that's beyond this world, what you can do is you can fall into this mediocrity. And just like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but it hasn't really changed my life or anything. There's a problem with that. I like to look at this hope also as how it can help us develop in our lives. Well, how can hope develop, help develop us in our lives, or how can it develop in our lives? I'm glad you asked. Turn the page back to Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, look at verse 3. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Wait a second. You mean I rejoice in my sufferings? You know, America tells me, America, right? Not America. America. American dream says I ain't got to suffer, right? But we rejoice in our suffering. We don't go out looking for suffering. That's cool. You're, you're not going out looking to be martyred. No, but when that, those trials, those tribulations, they, they, they present themselves to us, what we need to do is we need to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing This is where it comes in, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Love that, hope does not put us to shame. Why does hope not put us to shame? It's like Paul was reading our minds here, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How can we have hope? How can we face today, brother, sister? It's because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You have the power. You have the ability to overcome those obstacles, whatever it is that is faced in your life. And you don't face this on your own. You face this with the whole army. Uh, Let me pause. You face this with the commander of the army, the spirit of Jesus inside of you. You are already victorious. We should face life being our understanding that we are already victorious. Do we still need to put on the armor of God? Yes, we do need to put on the armor of God. We talked about that. But as we put on the armor of God, we understand that this is okay. This is what I got to do for my daily victories. The battle's already won. Satan's already defeated. But my daily victories, when I'm going to live a victorious life so people can see my fruit and I can show them and lead them to Jesus, what I need to do is I need to have these, these daily victories. And that comes by identifying and putting on the, the armor of God. Here it says that the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So uh, the greatest gift... Um, and. You know, that's, that's one of those things that the people want to, well, what exactly was the greatest gift? Was Jesus the greatest gift or was the Holy Spirit the great? Here's the deal. Jesus himself said this. It's better that I go so I can send the, the advocate, the paraclete, the helper, the Holy Spirit to you. Just, just think about that. Just think about the disciples that they're standing around there and like, wait a second. You mean you're going to go and you're going to send somebody we don't even know? Well, oh, we're not even going to see. And that's going to be better for us? Yes, Jesus said it is better that he goes so he can send the Holy Spirit. So the greatest gift in which we have, yes, it's salvation. It's, it's being adopted into God's family. But it's the, in, it's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit with inside of us. So we can live that victorious life. He says here, because God's love. why why, why do we, why do we deserve it? You don't. I don't. But it doesn't minimize God's love towards you. He wants to. Don't try to figure it out. Just understand that we need to be obedient. We need to submit to God. What does that mean? That means making him not only savior, but Lord of our lives. Just as a, an athlete, and, and you've heard me say this, this is nothing new to you all, just as an athlete trains, and, and they, they go through hard work um, and pain to develop that endurance, Christians have to go through some of those same challenges. So, so we shouldn't think that, okay, I'm going to be a Christian and everything's going to be easy. What's wrong with that, that, that mindset or what's wrong with that uh, uh, um, um, statement? Anybody want to tell me? The Bible, right? Didn't Paul just, just say that, that, that um, rejoice in our sufferings? Not if you go through, but when you go through sufferings, rejoice in those sufferings. So just as we have to go through these, these challenges or difficult or trials, they develop perseverance, character, they find that perseverance in the, in, in the character when they, they. We find perseverance in character that it develops and it strengthens our hope. Don't, don't, now, don't look at, at everything that you're, that you're faced with. I got a flat tire, so the devil's attacking me. No, you just didn't put air in the tire, you dummy. Or, or not, not everything that happens is a trial or a tribulation, But let's not go to the opposite end of the spectrum and say that nothing is a trial and tribulation. Let's look at all of life because we can't compartmentalize life. We don't have our our secular or our work atmosphere and then our Christian life and then our home life. No, we're called to to walk accordingly. What we need to do is we need to view all of our life as, as Christ views all of our life. It's all together. It's all in Him. So we need to understand that because it's all in him, we need to respond accordingly, correct? We need to train. So what we need to do is we need to understand that the world is going to put uh, or going to impose trials and tribulation on us. Don't back down from it. Don't go looking for it, but don't back down from it. Turn over to, to Acts 23 real quick. In Acts chapter 23, we're going to see the Apostle Paul is going to face (laughs) literally a trial, but these trials and tribulations... Well, I'm just going to read one verse real quick. What you can understand is Paul is being put on, uh, in front of the, the council in Jerusalem because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Look at um, verse 6. It says, Now when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other were Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of, of, of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. Very clearly, he was on trial because of the hope in which he had. The world is going to, and this, these are supposed to be, he says, brothers, those of you who say that you fear God, listen to me. I'm on trial here because of the hope in which I'm proclaiming. No one in here has probably ever faced this, right? That you've faced trials and tribulations or, let's say, persecution from other brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have at one point, right? Right? Paul is saying here, "I'm here because of the hope in which I have." Flip over a couple pages to uh, Acts twenty-six. Now Paul is um, in; uh, he's standing in front of, of uh, Agrippa, and he says, in verse six, "And now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers." So uh, again. He's on trial for the hope in which he has. Don't think that we're going to or we should try to avoid anything, any obstacle in our life, because well, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have to go through that. No, some of those things that you're going to go through, those hard times, is because you're a Christian. We are refined by what? Fire. Too often what we do is we try to live in the this life that, that it's all puppy dogs and roses. The problem with that is when it's all puppy dogs and roses, the, the, the truth is never, never spoken. Or how about this? The, the sin is never identified. Unless we identify the sin which is, which is in our life, we will never repent of it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, right? How are we going to be transformed and how are we going to renew our mind if we're not identifying what is wrong and wanting to do and follow what is right The devil wants to keep us in the lies, but the the spirit is setting us free in the truth. We all know. You know, I I got a little blurb here, you know, that that says that the the Christian faith is is on trial. And and we see that. I mean, um, you know, the ACLU wants to remove God from everything right, from the schools, from the courthouses, any mention of faith in God, he wants to, they want to just remove it from society, which is kind of weird to me. Help me understand this. Those who want to remove God from everything, when tragedy or disaster or something strikes, they're the one, ones that are asking for God's help and blessing, you want to remove him when everything is is going good or you want it your way but when tragedy strikes you're going to him? It just doesn't it doesn't jive, right? God blesses. Well, you can't be in our schools, but we want you to bless our schools. He blesses by being present, correct? Yeah. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. And this will we'll end up here. Because I, I think that we understanding where our true uh, source of hope is, and understanding that, that hope can, that it develops in our lives, and understanding that, that hope is something that is beyond this world, understanding that, that, that our hope is going to be put on trial, we should further understand that our hope should be shared. Our hope should be shared. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. I love how Peter, he explains this very well, I believe. He says, it's in your hearts, so in your innermost being, so it starts from within, right? From within. Don't just conform to different things. It says, honor Christ as Lord. W- w- why is that so importantly? Well, because too many times what we, what, what we have a tendency of doing is we say, we say that, that, that Jesus is the Savior of our lives. And he is, absolutely. Don't minimize that. He has rescued us. From Satan's sin that he has conquered Satan's sin that he's rescued us out of from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son. Yes, absolutely. He's our savior, but he's more than our savior. He's to be our Lord. If we're gonna walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ, we have to understand and we have to identify him as Lord of our lives. Not just Savior. Savior makes us feel good. Lord is difficult. Savior makes us, okay, yes, I'm saved to something. I'm out of this. I'm in here. I'm ready. And Lord makes us, okay, here's what I've got to do now. I have responsibility. No, what we want is we want the reward. We, the responsibility scares us sometimes because the responsibility is, is, is sometimes uncomfortable. But Peter says here, we're to honor Christ. And the way in which we honor Christ is by making him Lord of our lives, and the way in which we display that is we're, we're prepared to give a defense. Now, that doesn't mean that you win an argument. Because the, the fact of the matter is you can face somebody and you can win a theological debate. But you can totally lose the fight. You can win whatever so somebody's talking about whatever, I don't know, predestination or election or um, uh, the, the return of Christ, like when -- is it pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, Pan-trib? I don't know. whatever you can win this fight, or this battle here, but you can lose the opportunity to, to draw them closer to God. You can actually repel them. So what, what Peter says, we should be ready to give a defense. But the way in which we give a defense has to be with gentleness and respect. Why does it have to be with gentleness and respect? That doesn't mean that we should be passive. No, we should be, we should be very uh, um, bold and confident. But what we need to do, is we don't need to beat them over the head. We need to love. You've heard me say this. We need to love them into the kingdom, Right? We need to love the hell out of them, not scare the hell out of them, right? It's true. But that's what we have to understand we need to do. And this is what, if we we claim the hope, that's not going to be a problem. Why is that not going to be a problem? Well, because real hope is not dead hope. Real hope is not dead hope. Real hope causes us to take action. Real hope causes us to take action. If, if we're not pro- or propelled to do something, ask yourself do you really have hope? Am I putting my faith and my trust in Christ, what He has done? If we really believe, remember we started out, we, we held this and we said, this is God's Word. If, this, if we really truly believe that this is God's word and we truly uh, believe that this is uh, what God has said to us, that his truths are here contained in this, if we really believe that Jesus is Lord, if we really believe that, if we really believe that there is a heaven, if we're going to say our, our, our hope is that, would we not share that? How mean do you have to be? And we'll get here in, in, the, in the, the, the touchy-feely part. How mean do you have to be not to share the hope of eternity with somebody? That's just mean, right? If you believe that. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got to be, be a street evangelist walking around. Hey, do you have hope in Jesus? Do you have hope? No, but everybody has a circle of influence. Everybody does. How are you sharing your hope in Christ with those who are in your circle of influence? I like how one guy said it. A Christian who will not share their hope causes others to believe that hope is not very real or very important at all. This makes us squirm around in our seats a little bit. If you're not sharing that hope, is it really hope or is it just like a a warm fuzzy? Because hell is a real place. People are dying and going to hell. But the hope in which we have is when we die, when we take our last breath here, that we can be with Him. That's a hope in which we can have. And it's not, I hope I get into heaven like it's uncertain. No, the hope that we get into heaven is a certainty. The Apostle John says, so that you know. What does the Bible say? The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then our lives should take off from there because our hope is in Christ. Christ. So when we light the candles, when we um, enter into the, this, this time of, of Advent, when we talk about hope, because you'll see it, even the most secular uh, establishments, establishments, they'll have the, the, the joy and peace and hope and love all over the place. Look at that hope, and not, don't look at that hope with, with eyes of, of the world. Look at that hope with the eyes of Christ, saying, yeah, I, I do have hope. And because I have hope, I know that the Spirit dwells inside me, and I know that I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> you know that because we're called to be ministers. Now, again, we know that that's not how we can do all things in Christ. Like I can go and dunk a basketball. We know that's not what it means. It means I can be a minister of His Word because He, is putting, he has put the power and the strength inside me to do that. And we should be confident in that. So, so we shouldn't, when we leave out of here, if, if you're, you're kind of feeling a little bit, maybe a little beat up, it's not a beat up you should feel. You should be feeling empowered because if we're claiming Christ, if we're waving the banner of Christ, we are already victorious. So we can go and we can proclaim that hope, even to our crazy family, right? Because you know they need it the most, But we can do that, and we can do that boldly and confidently, and we can do that with love and respect. Let's pray. God, I pray as we have opened your word and as you have spoken to us today, my prayer is that we hear, and God, we listen. Um, God, that that we don't let this hope just be another word, but we take it to heart and and we let it um, just uh, control us. Let us submit to you in every way. Even when those difficult ways, let us learn how we need to and how we can submit through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, has my prayer that if there's someone here that one, they don't know who you are or maybe they know of you but they haven't really um, believed or maybe they even do have a belief in you but they haven't put their trust in you. God, that they take that step and they, they say, okay, my way isn't working. I'm, I'm just not gonna get to heaven. Well, I'm gonna put my trust in Jesus because he, he says he's gonna come back and get me. I'm gonna trust that. God, my prayer is that you just, you just rattle and shake their world. Should they come to you? God, my my prayer also is that the brother and the sister who's sitting here that needs to deal, not not should, but needs to deal with something in their life, that they reach out to a brother and a sister to deal with those somethings, whatever that is. Because you have given us the power, the strength. Because we are more than conquerors. God, empower us to share your hope. Our hope in you. Lord, we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.